What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, well, well. Back in the saddle. I changed a flat tire today. Oh, you waited till today to do it? I wasn't going to do it last night at 10 o'clock. Okay. Well, if you had an emergency, you would have been out of luck. I'll tell you that much. I have but, other vehicles. Um, did you figure out why you had a flat tire, Michael? Huge piece of metal in it. Got out of the tire at the house and literally. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Made it home, though. I'm really happy to hear that there's you didn't a real, die. I'm saying this because there's a real sense of accomplishment. You leave doing a podcast, you're like, cool, I got to talk for a while. Yep. You change a tire on your hands and knees. <laughs> Dude. That's, un, un, unscrewing bolts and jacking up cars. That's funny you say you that. You would understand. When's the last time, have you ever changed a tire? You have, I'm yes, sure. When's I the last have, time you did it? It's been a while. It's been a while. Ten I years? Don't, I don't drive over Since pieces Charlie's of metal. Born? Since Charlie was born, yes. But I don't know. Here's what's funny that you say this, though. I got under a vehicle yesterday myself. Why? There was some, I don't know. There's some plastic that goes underneath the car. That oh, the was, shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like dragging. It, I guess like the screw came out. And, what vehicle? Uh, the van. So I got under, I, what I did, because I had literally nothing, and I was in the middle of nowhere in Springfield, Tennessee. I got a knife out. I cut the strap off of a folding chair in the back of my van, then cut the strap into strips, then stuck it through the hole in the plastic and then the hole where the screw's supposed to go, tied it off. And I felt like a real man. I got a little dirty. My hands had oil on them a little, well, soot, but still same, still dirty. We're men. I've really pictured you being the Michael Scott type. Like I, like Sam's <laughs> under there changing the tire. You're like, I'm going to get traffic. Don't worry. She's like, we're in our driveway. Nope, nope. Someone's going to do the traffic. You never know who could be coming down the other end. Interesting. Okay. So uh, since the last episode, we both become men. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we had a anniversary party for you and your wife. Not a party, but a, a, dinner. Di- a dinner. A dinner. A fantastic dinner. If you guys have not, if you come to Nashville and you feel like splurging a little, bourbon is the place to go. Two years running. I every Three year I'm getting more me. excited for your anniversary than my anniversary these days. First time I was not thrilled with the meal. You were not? No, nah, me and Hannah last, last year? Last night. Oh, 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 you were not thrilled with the meal. Me and Hannah both were like, eh. Man. First time. Eh. I'll tell you. I the meal was fine. It was not worth what we paid for it. Every other time I felt it has been. Last yeah. night I did not. You and um, Hannah also drank like fish. That's the problem. Okay. No, we didn't. The we booze were, are expensive. That is that the, the drinks if, are super expensive, though. That is the problem. When I got in the car, I have a breathalyzer to have fun with to oh, test. Boy. And I was 0.05 when 
I don't know what that means in your world, but they that's point oh nine. Sam, no, was 0.05. you guessed. We were all guessing what anybody would blow, and everybody was, of course, in the legal limit. And I was point oh five. So there you go. Well, yeah, last night was the first night. Me, <laughs> too expensive. I also don't believe that breathalyzer for a second. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I that, have video of you at that dinner. That I will take the <laughs> fine. You can you can post the video. I was perfectly I'm not fine. Posting the video anyway. I was saying the what? video was hilarious. All right. You were in because it was rare form Jesse. What does that mean? Super wired hands just dancing like a ballerina every time he opened his mouth. I talk with it my was hands. One of those. This was me and my our friend Tyler, who's been on the show before. We just sat back. I said, just sit back and watch. Because at one point he looked, he's like, what do we do here? I was like, you just sit back. You let it happen. You just let it happen. It's fun for everybody. I told you last night, you were the Garth Brooks. We were just in the audience. That was a compliment. I, that is a compliment. I do appreciate it. I, as Garth Brooks is a hero of mine. So thank you very much. Um, I would like to get to the cards of this show, though. Uh, to Ma- transition. Massive news today. To, wait, wait, wait. I did not news? see it on, your, on the sheet here. Massive well, news. Well, then maybe I don't know. Panini just announced they signed Tim Duncan to a multi-year deal. I did see this that. Is, see, I was curious what you would think of this. I could see you just saying like, oh, cool, they signed a guy. No big deal. Well, my thing was Tim Duncan, how relevant is he? Unbelievably this, relevant. In this point. Unbelievably. Okay. All right. He's never, he has never had a, he hasn't had a signed autographed card, I believe since 2000 co-signers. So that's what makes never this signs. especially. Oh, it's big. huge. Okay. So they announced he's going to be in Crown Royal and Impeccable. He has he has savage patch autos in and not Crown those silhouette patch autos. Yeah, there are very few individual players you could be like, hey, we're getting this guy, and it would make a big like an actual big deal. Uh, yeah. But the fact that he is you know obviously no longer playing that- still all time great beloved guy. Okay. He doesn't have any autos like this. Okay, like you that can't is find cool. his stuff anywhere, and the stuff he has is all old, kind of crappy stuff. And a, and one of the biggest issues too with some of his stuff, faded autos. He's never had patch autos. Really, the fact that Wemby doesn't have autos in Panini this year, Panini this year, uh-huh. but he does. Like that's a massive chase for the Spurs. This is big for sure. Like this is not. And some of the younger guys may not care. It's fine. But yeah, if you could name like one player, like Jordan obviously would be number one. If Jordan all of a sudden started signing, fine. Yeah. LeBron, number two. Duncan's probably number three in basketball because everybody else signs already. Where, he was, I, I guess he was got to be in like that 75, the NBA 75 that went on last year. And they ranked. What do you mean? You know, like where Best it was, players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, five to 10 for almost everybody. I'm double checking. I wonder what he was because he he had There's to have no been in way. the top. Quite frankly, if Kobe didn't die and change the whole narrative of his life and career, because people look back on it differently now, yeah, they romanticize it. Uh, Duncan is ahead of Kobe in my in my opinion. Really, he's got five rings, multiple MVPs, multiple Finals MVPs, one of the best defensive players of all time, and the Spurs one with are having t- a thing going here. I mean, he's on like Duncan is, and the most underrated top ten guy. Do you think there was any forethought in that to go after Duncan specifically? Because knowing that, yes, their product may still have Wimby, but they're not going to have Wimby autos in it, that if you're buying into a break or something and you want the Spurs, you're going to get a little consolidation prize of a possibility of getting Tim Duncan. I think you meant to say consolation. Consolation. Con- sure. What did I say? Consolidation. We're not consolidating. Constellation prize. Yep. The stars are involved. Um, I don't know. And this isn't a consolation. I'd rather have a Duncan. Like Duncan autos are going to sell through the roof. Interesting. Like I think people are underestimating. Like the first couple of comments on the post I made, $2,000. I said, yeah, absolutely. Thousands of dollars. That patch auto, the silhouette patch auto, the one I think they saw. I think the one they showed in their 
uh, release was numbered to 25. Actually, I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. So they got Impeccable Auto that's on card. They got the Crown Royal that's on card. Come on. The video's loading. Take it easy. Everybody breathe. There's a patch auto in here. This silhouette patch auto is as ridiculous a card. Yeah, it doesn't have the numbering on it. I'm going to guess that's numbered to 25. That's going to be like a $10,000 card. $10,000 card. The patch autos? I, I, I mean, he's never had a patch autograph. That is pretty cool, though. And um, he's an all-time great. Like I said, Jordan, LeBron, one, two. But LeBron has a bunch of patch autos. Jordan has them, too. But th- that would be bigger, bigger news. So those guys all of a sudden signed, and they're going to be in licensed product. Mm-hmm. Fine. The other thing, too, I saw some criticism, like, oh, why would you wait till now to do it? Well, Panini still has three years, like this year and two more years on their license. Yep. Now, granted, that might change. Maybe there's a lawsuit. Other things have happened, whatever. But as of right now, they still have NBA licensing for the next few years. This is great. My only fear, only fear. This happened a couple years ago with Charles Barkley. I think it was 2018. Look up, do me a favor. Look up, just put Panini, Panini Auto, Charles Barkley, and do 2018, then 2019. I'm pretty sure it was 2018, though. I think this was the- What am I looking for? I just want to see if he has, because Barkley was a guy, same thing, never signed. Then all of a sudden they got him, but they put him in everything. Oh, Does I see. Does he have 20? So I'm curious if that was 2018, if that was the Luca year. Panini's, 2018, Panini select Charles Barkley signatures. Uh, they, he does obviously have Panini autos So it was 2018. So that was the first year he came back then. Okay. Uh, it was awesome. We pulled a hoops autograph of his, and it sold for $300, the base auto. Um, but by the end of the year, they wore it out. It was just too much. He was in everything, and he's still in everything because it was a multi-year deal. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen with Duncan. Now, granted, the difference is Duncan, to me, is a much bigger star than Barkley in the, in the game. Obviously, much much greater player of all time, not even close. Yeah. And I think Duncan has a much bigger collector fan base as well, but I still I hope there's some balance here. Like, put him in a couple products, mm-hmm. make it all low-numbered, don't go crazy. What's the deal when, like, Jordan or LeBron sign with Upper Deck? They can't do anything with the teams, right? No licensing, correct. Right. So, in this world, they there's a chance, even if Panini, you know, say they get to keep their licensing through 2000, was it 26, I guess? Yep. Then, if they are keeping Duncan on, even after that point, if they are, yeah, I don't if know. they are, you can do like but, what Leaf does, like yeah, non, yeah. non, no logo autographs. Well, and obviously LeBron and Jordan are doing the same with upper deck. So it's possible. They could still keep Duncan on and still have signed material. Yeah. yeah I mean, they could, I, that makes, that has no appeal to me. Just like the upper deck autographs of Jordan. Now it's like Goodwin champions, like him smoking a cigar on a polo. Yeah. It's just a, the, not the same upper deck, by the way, has just totally botched everything. In my opinion with that, you have some of the best signers in the world. Why, why do we get them in like, a, like I get them in like stupid pictures. Yeah. <laughs> put it like air, airbrush out the photo, like the team name, but sure. make like put some creative work behind the photography. You could have some awesome Michael Jordan and LeBron stuff and Gretzky, by the way, Gretzky signed there, Tiger Woods. Uh, who else? There's a, there's it's a bunch Gretzky, of guys. Yeah. I was just thinking of Tiger, uh, LeBron and Jordan. I saw something recently about yeah, like, dude, you could do some awesome, like amazing stuff. They pack every year. They just pack it and they just bull crap. It's such a wasted thing for them to have it. Maybe that changes. Who knows? There's still the rumors out there about Le- LeBron switching teams to uh, uh, over the top. So I hope he does. I would love to see him in actual product again. This actually, but this works. is huge news. Like the, the the Duncan thing, I I I don't want it to be overlooked. Uh, my fear they're going to overdo it. My this, my other fear is I hope it's not all redemptions. I want to see some live stuff. Oh, you th- why wouldn't they? I would think they'd do live. Barkley was right? a redemption. 
and almost oh, everything. Oh, really? Yeah. The only other guy too, I was thinking of it's this too. It's not like too. he's got a busy schedule. I would. I would. How do you guess know what Tim's point. doing? I'm just saying he's not like you know, going. He's working to, more than me and you. Please. You don't even know he was probably sitting on a beach somewhere having a great time. The only other guy I could think of, Barkley was like this, who didn't sign anything. Uh, Patrick Ewing hasn't, to my knowledge, hasn't signed in years. Okay. He had like a bunch of SP, like upper deck stuff back in the day. Yeah. I don't know if he has a single Panini autograph of anything. I could be missing one, but he's another guy who just doesn't sign. But Duncan's the other one. And then Mookie Betts. This actually works in really well because what I wanted to talk about was NBA heating up. Do not just due to Wimby. Because- oh, hang on. I was wrong. Patrick apparently started signing again in 2021. That's fine. Um, he's got a bunch of Panini autos then. Okay. Interesting. The overall market does seem to be growing uh, as far as like what's selling the volume of sales in NBA. There is a number of guys who I think have been on the radar in the past, but have since fallen off. I wanted to talk about a few of them cards specifically, uh, not just like, I know we typically just do like a prism PSA 10. I want to talk about some real specific cards that are very hot right now that have had some recent jumps in the players behind them. I am curious though, if you had to take a guess based on what you've seen so far, maybe some preseason, any NBA players that are standing out to you that you would think pricing may have jumped on one or two or multiple cards. I haven't paid attention. I mean, like Dame, like the guys who made noise off season, but nothing on court that I've seen that I was like, Oh yeah, this should make a difference. No. Well, and this is how I pulled it. I basically am pulling cards for, uh, anything past the year 2014, I believe, and all basketball, of course, and all gem mint or up. So it doesn't matter which product necessarily. A lot of them are going to be obviously prism, but some mosaic and stuff in there too. But the players in general, they are averaging out to be a lot of the same guys. The very first one, the top one that is uh, sold, this was over the last year or so. You're saying top one, like the top, highest sale? Highest, sell, highest selling card. Actually, not in the top. Uh, this is the last month. In the last month, these are the guys who have the highest sales. The highest sales post-2014. Not highest sales prices, but the highest increase in price for a card over $50 specifically. I wanted to, It was printed after 2014. After 2014, yep. Get some serious parameters here. I, well, it's it's it isn't. It does. Did sound you like double that. down on the AD medicine today? ADD? No. Like you are die because you're locked in. Well, I am locked Last in. Last night I had Lucy Goose Jesse. We're having a great time. You bring <laughs> that guy on the podcast. Say- you bring that guy on the podcast. Simmons comes on within an hour. We're resigned. Listen, that guy, I get locked in, Jesse. It's fine. That guy on the podcast is great, but you know what he doesn't do? Any pre-research to actually provide data to the audience. You know, he also doesn't do let anybody else speak. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, I'm though? Kidding. We had a great time. I'm joking with you. I I'm, I'm if, excited to see this, this thing. If you had something to say that was more important than what Garth Brooks had to say, then yeah, you would have been able to speak. That's fine. Um, Zion Williamson is the number one. And he is not, it's not just one card, it's multiple cards of his. But Zion, if you haven't seen, and this happened last year, right? Like he started to come back. He started looking good. Pricing started to go up. And then, bam, injured, out. Everybody's hopes and dreams crashed. This year is looking something similar, but again, pricing is doing something similar. He has had a nice jump, specifically looking at 2019 Silver Prism PSA 10. This card had I mean, this a car- jump. This card was literally $4,000 for a while. I had some of these. I don't of think the I have mosaic? any. Oh, silver? you said Prism Silver. Which one do you mean? It's. I'm sorry. It is listed as Silver Prism. It's it is the mosaic 
but it's the mosaic. Okay. Yes. Oh, much, much less than never mind. Yes, but that's why the I, prism's even way, way I less. I wanted to than do attainable cards too. That's why I did like $50 and over. Okay. Um, went up about 192% over the last month. This card last sale before two days ago, I believe. Yeah. Two days ago, it sold for $120. Before this, it was selling in the $40 range. But yeah, so, he went off against some magic. He didn't play a bunch of time, but he had 16 points, five steals. He had a couple big dunks there, too. This is not to say, of course, that all of these cards are going to do this, but he does have a number of other cards that have recently had big jumps. His 2019 Prism Silver, so not the Mosaic, but the actual Prism so Silver. So in recent history, mm-hmm. that card was doing like 800 bucks. This card, when you say recent history, in the what do you mean? last six months. So in the last three months, this card does, Probably up until recently, that. it has not gone above 350. <laughs> 300, actually, no, I said three months. This is a six-month calendar. Oh, man. But this is not a PSA 10. I, so oh, just oh, to clarify, oh. this is a BGS 9.5. So it is a gem mint, but it is not. Oh, okay. So that is probably going to factor in pretty heavily on that pricing. So, but that still being the case, this card again, six months ago, it was averaging probably closer to 250. It is selling right now $420. It's just, it's what it sold for yesterday. So yesterday also hit his, how much? $420. 696 for a PSA 10 of that same card. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a price difference. That's insane, though. It's almost but double. That's, that's what I mean. Like, there's, there's. I'm curious what these were doing before that, then, because it was like they're all like six fifty. He played on the seventeenth. Okay, on the fifteenth mm-hmm. for PSA tens, five fifty, six hundred, six twenty five, five fifty. Since that game, six fifty and six ninety five. So okay. that card increase over the last month uh, was ninety one percent. He also has a 2019 select uh, PSA 10. This card is up 60% over the last month. So obviously we're seeing a pattern with Zion stuff. So he's heating up the market. Good. Um, I got a ton of Zion stuff. I've been sitting on for two years. I've got some good news for you. The other, one of the other guys who has a number of cards that are uh, doing Kevin Durant. No, no, not good news <laughs> for me then. Cause I don't care. Ben Simmons. Oh, I do have a, it's yeah, funny. I, know. I got Simmons, Zion, KD, and there's one other guy who I'm upside down on that's in that box. This could be the year of Mike in the oh, NBA. Oh, Tatum. I got a bunch of, ta- not a bunch, but I have three or four nice Tatum cards. The PSA 10 auto, the PSA 10 silver. Anyways. So the P- uh, 2016 Ben Simmons Prism Silver yep. PSA 10. I have a couple of these. This card is up uh, 103% over the last month. He you want to was- guess what I bought these for? I bought these when I was with you. In L.A. on that rooftop Panini, I Panini you, event. I remember you doing that. Uh, I do not recall what you paid. I, I bought some Select Silvers, some Prism Silvers. All It all averaged out. Again, some of them, the brands are a little bit better. Basically, two to three hundred each. Two to three hundred dollars each. that close. Two to three hundred dollars each. Are they even doing a hundred and fifty now? Let me just make sure we're talking about the same guy. Ben Simmons, Silver, PSA 10. I believe so. This card right now, uh, it was selling for two hundred and fifty dollars, two twenty. This card sold yesterday for five hundred dollars. Let me double check here. I think a lot of mine are select. This is that's pricing over the last six months. Now there is he has another card that's up ninety two percent. It is this uh, select concourse silver. This card is up ninety two percent. It just sold. For eighty dollars and then seventy five dollars, but it had That's been selling for like the card I have. fifty to thirty. Uh, thirty-five dollars. I'm so. guessing that's more the cards in my yeah in my collection. You think that's probably it? Yeah, yeah. But, but 
it's still good news for you as far as someone who may be holding a number of Simmons. With Ben Simmons, though, like he plays in the Nets. I don't think they're going anywhere. What's the like like Zion? I get like oh, this is a team that almost made the playoffs last year. They're a good team. Like they have some other talent. And he has been out and is going to come back and like could potentially be this monstrous guy. Simmons is not going to come back and score like in bunches and be like this headline grabbing type player. He's a good player when he's healthy and when his head's on right. Well, this is why we want to have an NBA guy on. We're trying to get someone on for next week. Monday, we do have a hockey guy coming on due to many requests. But uh, hopefully Thursday, we can get an NBA guy on to shed some light. This is just more of a, hey, who's doing what? Who's actually jumping in pricing? Um, Jordan Poole, John Morant. These are a few of the other ones who've had some nice jumps in price. Jordan Poole is actually playing fairly well. I don't know if you saw, like, I think it was his game yesterday, I want to say, with, uh, uh, I guess it was the Spurs game. He actually did pretty well. He plays well. for the Wizards. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. He had 41 his, points yesterday, though. It was yes. The, yes. I'm look, I was looking at multiple games before this. I couldn't remember who was playing who. But, um, yeah, Wimby did. Honestly, he did very well, even though he didn't score quite as much. His performance, like some of the passes, the no-look stuff, it has still kept his pricing high. And I'm wondering, like, it may, it's probably going to be a Brock Purdy situation. As soon as he has, like, one really bad game, or just not great, you'll see pricing suddenly fall. If you're looking to get into the market, I would say just wait until that point, because it's inevitably going to happen. Um, John Morant's weird. Like he's going to miss 25 games. I don't know why people would be rushing to buy him now. I know that. So he doesn't play until like right before Christmas, I believe is when he comes back. The thought I, the only thing I can think of is some of his off season. People have seen practicing thing, like things like that. Uh, other than that. Yeah, I agree. I'm not exactly sure if it's just gambling mentality or what, but his pricing nevertheless is is going up on a number of his cards as well. Weird. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool just to see who's doing what. Porzingis, though, he was actually the number two who's increased the most over the last month, 115% for his 2015 Prism Red, White, and Blue PSA 10. Granted, there's not a ton of those, only 92 graded, uh, but still, Porzingis, obviously, you're a fan of. So, um, Anyways, NBA's heating up, not just Wimby. Duncan is helping the card market and all of these other guys we just mentioned are as well. So uh, that's your NBA update. Do you want to do any MLB with the World Series coming up? Are you excited? I mean, at least, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I think there's been some good hobby moves. Are you afraid Corbin's out? Okay, well, shut your mouth. <laughs> okay. Don't talk just, about Corbin. I'm you, just saying. You never you, met the man. You don't seem very as excited as you were. I'm, I'm hoping they can put. Yeah, I mean, the Phillies look really good. I, I will say like the Bryce Harper market's going to do well. And people are finally starting to take note. I've seen a couple of people make that comment. I even heard some content about that. Like, hey, is Bryce Harper underrated? Like, have we kind of overlooked him in the hobby? Potentially. I like that. Okay. I, I want Corbin to come back and win, but they're not too low. I don't think it's great. Uh, Josh Young's playing really well. Okay. Young guy for the Rangers. That's good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a ton of like, I mean, like, I think Harper stuff will do really well if they make the World Series, if he yeah. makes a run. You know, I don't know how much that affects the actual market. I think maybe his market would do something. AL, like I said, I'm hoping Josh Young makes it. I think, actually think they have a bunch of good players. Corey Seager's had a great year. Adolis Garcia's played really well. Um, Houston's weird. Houston has, like, star potential, but people are hesitant, I think. The amount of talk that still comes up with the cheating scandals is, I guess it's not that it's unwarranted. I'm just surprised we haven't moved on yet. Wait, there's still a lot of talk about it? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, really? And I think that really, really, no, no question, that hinders 
their markets. Well, Bregman, Tucker, Altuve, all those guys because of that. If we're talking about card markets, I think there's another baseball thing we have to talk about because you and I haven't discussed this other than we did make a post on Instagram a couple days ago, but it is looking like there's more than just two one-of-one superfractors in the Bowman Chrome product. Oh, my God. They just Somebody just pulled a third. There is a, now a third uh, superfractor out there, at least it, for one player. Actually, who was that? Let me see. I'll pull it up. It, but... The fact that there are now three of them out there is very... It's weird. Only one of the people we tagged commented on that post. I wanted them just to come, like, to comment and confirm. Because I've been told, like, yeah, there's a video of all three of these guys posting it. You Oh, you think that might not be? I think they're... I, I'm, no, I, I just, went to all their social pages. They all had individual cards posted. I, I didn't mean, see that card posted on the one guy. The Oh, it was in a story, I believe. It, may, it was... He oh, was posted in a story. it. Oh, um, I don't know. It was pictures of him at the time it was pulled, but it didn't show actual video of him pulling it out. The hobby one. Yeah. I but the I mean, title. I don't understand why you would make a, well, he didn't make it buy Cause I mean, one of them, it was one of the, it was actually the very well, Mitch's, first card that got Mitch's pulled. box break. They sold, they said they commented and said they actually redeemed it for the bounty. And they were the second to pull it. In fact, the other the names? ones. Yeah. Hobby house, uh, FL. They were the first ones to pull the Juan Benjamin. We have video of it, or it's on their Instagram page at least. Yes, yeah. That okay. um so Hobby House pulled the first one, Mitch's box breaks, they pulled the second one, and they were the ones to submit it for the buyback. Yep. Who pulled and the now third? this third one goes to Kosher Breezy. Uh they are the ones who are showing on on their page. It is on their the page. Third. Again, it wasn't a video's pictures. So, I mean, I think like I'm looking point, at their. Oh, you're right. It is there now. Maybe I overlooked it. Okay, yeah. A couple of days ago, I see it there. Good. I'm glad to see that because I just I hadn't seen that the other day, and I was like, oh. And then my thought was, did they actually pull it or the, like a repack of some sort? But it doesn't look like it. I think they pulled it as well, which is what we were told. So, yeah, that's pretty savage. Like at some point here, <laughs> I, I just wonder why. They didn't just come out and say that. Like what they already made, they already came out and announced like, yeah, hey, we did make a mistake. So did they not know? That's the only thing I can think is Ugh. like, and if you don't know, that kind it's of even makes worse. It worse. So, yeah. The other thing then too, like, do you now have to buy two of this guy's back and not like, do you got to get two off the market and destroy them both? And <laughs> You're asking a lot of That's questions. Brutal. I Absolutely know. Absolutely brutal. I know. I am wondering if they're going to come out with something else. I, I do hope they do. Because here's the thing. Yes. Is it embarrassing to come out twice? It is. But if you are taking the right steps, uh, which is acknowledging mistakes, I feel like you got to at least somewhere say something about it, even if you're not offering up another bounty or something like that. But yeah, it uh, that news came out a couple of days ago. We'll see if there's if this is the only one of one superfractor uh, third pull or if there's going to be multiple. I can't imagine it's going to be the only one. Uh, next I, up, I, yeah, I don't know, man. Actually, next up, I think our guest is getting ready to join us. Peter Steinberg, SGC president, is going to be coming on the show. We've got questions from you guys as well as our own, and he's going to talk about a few things. So let's bring on Pete. All right. Here he is. Peter Steinberg, president of SGC, has joined us. Uh, Peter, let me ask you this, because we call you Pete, and I see your name Pete so so many places, but... I, I feel like Peter is like the more respectable term. How do you want to be called? 
I'm happy with either. <laughs> it's that's, that's a that's a great question that I'm sure so many of your your viewers are are tuned into. These are the hard hitting questions we lead with here. <laughs> there you go. I wasn't expecting that one. Peter, Pete's just fine. Listen, if I don't throw you off your game to start with, then how are we going to know you're giving this the 100 honest truth? So that's what's happening today. Uh, no, Peter, thank you so much for joining. I I think the the one thing that we wanted to talk about a little bit when you said, you know, we talked off uh, off the show about coming on, doing something in the future, and we've been trying to get you on for a little bit. I know you've had so many things going on in Florida. Tell us what's been going on in the most recent months uh, with SGC. Yeah, so obviously we had a pretty big month uh, in September. We not only lowered our prices pretty drastically, pretty much across the board, but we also released uh, the first ever mobile app that that SGC's come out with. Uh, those were, you know, that was a controversial thing internally. If we should pair these announcements together and kind of really give the hobby the biggest bang possible, or if we want to kind of um, parse them out and do them separately. And to be honest with everyone, there's a lot of business risk that comes with combining these announcements. For example, if something went wrong with the app where we'd have to pull that back last minute, our pricing was kind of tied to the app because you can order through the app. So we really did take a bit of a chance. Uh, there's a kind of a crazy story that went on the night before this announcement uh, went live. But the truth is, being that the announcement was so all-encompassing with pricing and app, and you know now you have kind of like a My Card section of the app, which is kind of a almost like a, a registry 0.5 almost like a mini version, um, it lays the groundwork for a registry. The bottom line is there was just a lot to keep our hands wrapped around with this update. And I'm very happy to say that everything went extremely smooth. But since then, uh, we've, we've really given some time for the dust to settle. Obviously, with any piece of technology that, that's new, you're going to have bugs, you're going to have some issues. We're happy to say that everything is not only stable, but our community seems to really be enjoying the app. And I think for good reason. Um, I played a major part in kind of deciding what would be included in this V1, what services we may want to, you know, kick to a version two or three, that kind of thing. But we're really pleased with how that rollout has gone. And obviously, $15 a card for five business day service is pretty much unbeatable. Um, you know, we joke internally, some of the SGC employees that have been here for, you know, literal decades now. Um, they say we've never had a deal this good, even back in, you know, the year 2000, um, you could get five day service, but it wasn't costing 15 bucks a card. So we're really happy with not only, uh, the execution of the rollout, but the actual, I guess the value that we've added, um, to the collecting community in general. Nice. And I am curious because around the same time we got an announcement that you guys were affiliated now with the Miami Dolphins. What does that entail? What are you guys doing at the stadium? Yeah, so that's a really exciting thing to be uh, uh, truly. I mean, the Dolphins are very excited to have us. And I'll tell you guys why, because, you know, they're used to brands like Publix or, you know, a vodka company jumping on board and it's really just your run of the mill. Hey, you get a ton of eyeballs, you know, show our, show our brand, show a bottle of vodka on the big screen, whatever. And as you can imagine, most football fans are more focused on the football itself. What's interesting about SGC, obviously, is that the community that we serve is a very similar community to who they serve, which are basically football fans. Uh, so there's a lot of crossover there. And I think the Dolphins are really eager 
to to dig into that crossover, as are we. So currently, um, we have some really cool kind of in-game signage. Um, I believe it's 10 or so times a game, kind of SGCs on this big ribbon banner in the stadium. And then once per half, we have kind of a top performers that's sponsored by SGC, which is a really cool feature as well. Um, with the current partnership, we have some fun things on social media that are coming in the, the next few weeks or months. Um, but I think what we're really excited for is to potentially grow it into something even bigger. Um, because we've seen a ton of success. It's, it's really, really been a fun kind of exercise for our team to not only see, of course, the brand that we've worked so hard to build, you know, on the big screen at an NFL stadium. But what's even more uh, kind of cool than that is actually hearing from Dolphins fans or, you know, fans of the opposing teams that were at the stadium, saw SGC, no SGC. And I think there's it's a feeling that a lot of us collectors have, which is that as much as the hobby's grown and it's grown exponentially in size, obviously, over the last few years, it's still a very niche kind of thing that we all do and appreciate here. So anytime you're seeing, whether it just be a trading card in general or a big brand in the space, kind of in a more mainstream uh, environment, it's always exciting. Very cool. I think uh, one of the the cool things that you guys have been doing, uh, reaching out and doing these things in uh, the stadium, are you guys doing anything else in other stadiums or other advertising outside of like the card world, like to the general public? I'm just curious. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if we are speaking honestly to other some other sports franchises um, that have reached out since our partnership with the Dolphins. And there's some potential there for sure. Uh, Nothing is set in stone as of now. We're just really in kind of the feeling out phase. But for now, the the partnership is basically limited to just kind of an in-game experience. But anyone who's ever been to a football game, a basketball game, a baseball game, obviously knows there's a lot, as I said, of kind of crossover there, whether it be in the team store, whether it be, um, really anything having to do with the retail side of things, events, that sort of thing. So it's exciting. And I think what we're what we're proud of is this kind of thing doesn't happen all that often in the space and for good reason, because it's not it's not easy. It's not cheap. And, um, you know, I think it's an accomplishment that we've been able to get to this point. But we're eager to kind of dig in even further. Curious, Pete, I want to the one thing we heard about the app, too, I think the biggest reaction aside from people were happy to see it is this is definitely a different direction for grading, right? And what I mean by that is PSA, BGS, uh, and even CSG to a large degree have catered more toward the bulk sub guy. Like, it's almost like they want their cards coming from bulk sub people. With you guys making an app that goes direct to the public, is that kind of the path that SGC is on now of, hey, I know you guys still have affiliations with, with some bulk sub guys, and that's great, but is kind of the focus now just, hey, we just want people to sub their own cards and come direct to us? Or what was kind of the thinking behind that? Yeah, I don't think, I wouldn't say that's exactly accurate as far as, you know, I guess uh, describing the state of mind we're in currently and how we see the business. Um, just for example, last Friday, me and, and some of the members of our team uh, visited the local card shops in the South Florida area. And that was not only super fun, but very enlightening as well. Um, we appreciate the business of all of our group subbers. We think that there's a ton of value that group subbing creates. But I think that traditionally in the hobby, the reason that collectors are going to group subbers is because the experience is just so painful to grade cards, to deal with these big companies and not get an answer to your question when you have one and things like that. 
So I think what we're looking to do is really dig in even further on the group suffer t- uh, side of things as far as, you know, making things easier for collectors. Uh, there's a lot of camaraderie around kind of live reveals and submission previews and things like that. But at the same time, we are making, uh, we feel very strongly in, in, in the way of kind of making it easy for your average Joe who just, you know, visited the local card shop for the first time ever and now has some raw cards. We want them to be able to kind of understand the process, feel comfortable, have it be easy, make sense, have, like I said, a customer service department that's alive, um, that kind of thing. So it's really catering to, to, to group subbers the way that we um, feel we should because we think they're good for the hobby. But at the same time, that's not at the behest of your average collector who just wants to get some cards graded themselves. Um, I'm I'm curious, Pete, before I got in, into the this question from our mailbag, which I, I really am interested in because it's a TCG related question. I'm curious what your opinion is of SGC in the sense of what you guys do better than anything else. So as far as you guys are, you do a lot of really good things as uh, accurate grading goes and and making sure customers are getting not only their cards graded on time, they're sent back very quickly, faster than what your uh, estimates are most of the time. But what do you think it is that SGC does the best? I think the thing that I'm proudest of as far as the progress that our team has made and kind of who our team is and what the current state of our brand is, um, and this not, might not be the answer that you're expecting because it's not exactly the most concise, it's a little little vague, little general, but I think that what's really special about our team is the trust that we've built with the hobby, and for good reason, because we really are just a group of extremely passionate collectors that decided back in the year 2019 or so that we wanted to try to make a run for it. We wanted to do our best, at least, to disrupt the old kind of dusty ways that this industry functioned as far as grading goes with enormous lead times fees for basically every single thing you want to do as far as creating experience a little better or adding an autograph grade, that sort of thing. So I think the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm really most proud of when I look at our team today, it's who we are as a company and kind of just how we function, which as I said, is pretty, it's pretty broad, but it really matters. You know, I say it all the time, the game that's being played here between buyers and sellers of these cards is an extremely impactful one. You know, it could be a, a card that's worth hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and as we've seen recently, millions of dollars. So it really, really matters, not only some policies that your grading company has or how they handle certain situations, but at the end of the day, who are they and what are their intentions? Because I have to say, you know, everyone's terms and conditions on their website are written so that basically these grading companies can decide, oh, we got a grade wrong. Oh, something happened here. Sorry, not our problem. That's any big company in the world is going to set up, you know, their, their, their legal terms and conditions to benefit them. But when it comes down to it, it's who is on the other end of the phone with you when you have an issue. Who's the one that you're emailing when you found out that, that a graded card may not be authentic or there may be an alteration that was missed, that sort of thing. And I think, again, the thing that I'm proudest of is that my team, I can say very uh, confidently, really goes about our business, not only with a tremendous amount of pride um, and, and professionalism, 
being that we do such an impactful thing, but I think we do the right thing as well. In fact, I see it every day. I'm the one who cuts a check when we have to buy back a card simply to get it out of get it out of the, the market, you know, for whatever reason. So it's um I think really what it comes down to is the team itself at SGC is a team that we've kind of hand built ourselves and we're extremely proud of the the team that we have here. Hey, P, another question I have for you. I, I'm curious. I think our audience is too, because I think one of the best things you guys have done, I don't remember even when it started. I think it was last year with some of the products, the whole teaming up with fanatics or tops or whatever it is, but the promotion of on a lot of these new products you've run multiple times now, nine bucks to grade the new stuff. Um, I'm trying to think like the last one I think was, uh, did you guys do that for Bowman Chrome or no? I can't remember the last one. I thought it was Bowman Chrome. Maybe it wasn't. Bo- Bowman Chrome, we actually missed. Um, I believe the, that what we have running right now actually is Tops Pro. Okay. Yeah. So like the, the deal where like, hey, brand new product, send it in. It's, not, it's been nine bucks in the past few. Is that something that we're going to continue to see you guys doing, like working with, with companies like that to like get promotion on the new stuff and, and get things great and super cheap? Or what's the, what's the thought of that going forward? 100%. If you asked me kind of the state of SGC, let's say three months ago, I would have told you that these $9 specials are something that I'm super happy with and very proud to offer to the hobby. But what I also would have told you is our standard pricing I was not super proud of. It was too high. It was too clunky in the way that it was quantity-based. We really wanted to lower the barriers to entry, not just obviously for the modern collectors who have these cards that qualify for the $9 price. But I'm happy to say that obviously with the last pricing change that we have, we not only feel confident that our prices are now, you know, fair and, and kind of valuable to the hobby for any card, but what's really, really cool is that those $9 specials, we have no plan to take those out of the equation. In fact, we're looking to make them even more fun, more interesting, hit broader, uh, kind of a broader spectrum of cards if possible. So the, the, what I've realized at SGC, really just from going through some reps, is that the hobby loves specials and for good reason, you know? And I think that we're not looking, I don't want the community to think that as we've lowered the price of our standard service, we're looking to abandon ship here on all things, promotions and fun and that sort of thing. So um, really what the hobby could expect from SGC is likely to dig in even further because uh, it's a lot of fun here to make collectors happy. Uh, I got one other question too, and I, and I don't even know if there's an answer because I get asked this all the time. You know, there's a reason we work with you guys. I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this correctly. We've been working with you guys for years now because my experience with PSA left a lot to be desired. My experience with BGS was just a train wreck. So I finally started using you guys back in 2020. That's why the call to Jess was like, hey, we need to reach out to these guys. Like, I'm literally promoting them now anyways because I think I like what they do. It's consistent. I've had a good pro. And, and a matter of fact, I had an issue where a bunch of my stuff got busted up and you guys made it right within days. And that was before we had any sponsorship relationship, whatever. Um but the reason we've worked with you guys, because I think you guys do a bunch of things right. Like the consistency, uh, to me, the biggest thing, the customer service. We have guys in the Facebook group. There's 120,000 people. There's an issue once a week in there, I bet. And every single time it ends the same way, they get it taken care of. And that's why it's, you know, we're, we're happy to be in this partnership with you guys. The only area where you guys are number two, in my opinion, is resale value on slabs. You take away resale value and you cannot show me a single thing that PSA does better than you guys. I am, I am curious, and I don't have a great answer right now, but I want to get your thoughts. How do you close that gap? It's not that it's this crazy gap like it was in 2019, but h- how does SGC catch up to PSA on resale value of slabs? 
Yeah, the first thing I'll say before I even get into it is we've made a ton of progress since 2019. And I look at resale value, I think it breaks down in two different kind of categories. The first is really liquidity and acceptance of SGC cards. The second, obviously, is the price point that those cards are selling for. We've made major, major progress in both of these categories. And I happen to think that they're a great, that, that, uh, I guess you'd say data is, is a, a very valuable tool when projecting what may happen in the future as far as SGC's, you know, value, uh, go. But I think the biggest thing is when you go to a local card shop, when you go to a card show, you did not see a sea of black slabs of SGC holders everywhere. And I think today what's really changed is the amount of collectors that just turn away from a card because it happens to be graded by SGC rather than PSA. That group is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. It used to be the overwhelming majority. Today, it's the overwhelming minority. Having said that, we want to stay extremely grounded in the fact that our cards do not sell for a premium over theirs. Theirs tend to sell for a premium over ours. But specifically, when you look at vintage, I mean, lower grade vintage, it's almost a one-to-one. And I I follow that market extremely strongly because I happen to be a big vintage collector. Um, We've made major strides in that area. And then certainly on the acceptance of the SGC brand and modern, that's gone very well uh, as well. I think that having this app actually incentivizing collectors to, you know, build their my cards and and add that card to their collection. That helps, but there's a lot more we have to do. I think at the end of the day, what I feel very confident in is that the price gap makes absolutely no sense. If you took someone from any other industry that doesn't know cards or card grading and you explain to them that this company is known for their consistency, accuracy, customer service, and turnaround time, They'd say, well, how aren't you winning the game? How aren't you the most valuable company? And obviously, there are a few things at play there. PSA has been around, although SGC is now in its 25th year, PSA has been around a bit longer. They offer you know, a wide variety of services. Obviously, their registry is a super powerful tool to enhance the prices of commons and things like that. So we have it nabbed exactly kind of what these levers are. It's just really a process. It's not something that could change overnight. We're certainly not looking to cut corners in any way. So it's really just about kind of, un. it's almost like a lot of these collectors' minds are tied in this knot that we need to untie, which is if you think that our, that the same exact card going from our 10 to their, to their 10 automatically just, just means something else besides the fact that the card is graded gem mint by an industry leading greater, we really just have to educate and inform, you know, the hobby in general. Some people maybe may not be as, as familiar with SGC as they are PSA. The fact that these grades are very, very comparable. In fact, sometimes, you know, you can make the argument that if there's a grade delta, they got it right. You could make the same, an argument with the same amount of strength behind it that we got it right. So my point is, there's not that one thing you could point to and say, you see this, this is why this card just, you know, gained a, a tremendous amount of value going from an SGC holder to a PSA holder. It exists today. We see it as much as anyone, believe me. But I think what we're really looking forward to is, is continuing to educate that these cards are what's being transacted. Those are what's being collected everyone's holder and the label, it costs these companies a few dollars, including us. 
that's not what you're buying. It's not the plastic. It's not the label. You're buying the trading card that's been evaluated by an, uh, a third-party authenticator because the card is valuable and people want to know what they're buying. And I'd argue that as far as that particular service goes, getting the grade right, treating the collectors, the hobby right, we, I would put our brand up against anyone. So I think that we're, I think that we're definitely on an upward trajectory and it's not, it's not new. It's now been, you know, pretty much three, four years of an upward trajectory. And I could say sitting at my desk, absolutely nothing's changed from back when it was the year 2020. I'm already working on kind of the next deliverables to just increase, um, you know, like I said, familiarity of our brand and, and strength to go along with it. Well, that actually kind of answered the mailbag question. So we don't have to get into that specifically, but uh, I will, I, I will read it to you just in case you had any different response, but he says, uh, BJ Kroger wanted to know, uh, dear Mr. SGC, I'm still concerned about grading my TCG with SGC uh, versus PSA or CGC. The community isn't totally on board yet, it seems, besides the amazing value of submission, uh, which, if anyone doesn't know, it's $9 to grade uh, SGC TCG cards. He says, besides that amazing value, why should a collector choose SGC over the others? Yeah, so it's really a pretty comparable answer um, to everything we just talked about with the price delta on, on sports cards which is that we are currently grading the cards accurately. We know what we're looking at. We have an amazing TCG team at SGC. If you look at our holder even, it really complements these cards. Uh, these cards tend to be looked at more. It, it, they're more collected than call it transacted, like a lot of the modern hobby is in, in sports. And I think that what SGC provides is really just a, a very affordable very seamless process to get your cards graded and kind of what we refer to it is almost framed up. I actually am a big TCG guy myself. I, I love certain sets, but I also hate certain sets because I'm an original 151 collector back from the 1990s. And lately I've been ripping a ton of the, the Scarlet and Violet 151 that's come out. And as I rip it, I, I, I'm almost acting as as the collector, I'm acting as our customers. I'm actively opening these packs, opening these boxes and collecting the cards. And it, it hits me. It kind of dawns on me. There's a real grading company that's offering $9 to put that thing in a 10 or a 9.5, whatever the grade's going to be. But you get it back holdered with a real grade in five business days for $9 a card. I mean, you could just do it for fun. You know, anyone who's ever gotten a, a, a grading order back knows that it's an exciting feeling. You see how you did, some cards hit, some cards miss. And I think that to provide that experience with just every barrier basically taken down when it comes to price and service, it's really, um, I think it's something that's just going to catch on fire slowly. <laughs> I don't think it's, I think it's unrealistic to think that the community is already kind of adopted SGC and trust SGC like they do some other brands. Um, but I think that we fully recognize that. We understand this process. We've been through it before, and we've been tremendously successful on the sports side of things, um, just really offering collectors a better experience. And we're looking to kind of apply everything that we've done there, TCG. And I have to say, we're off to a, a really, really hot start. Um, we're seeing a ton uh, of valuable cards coming in every day. And again, I think it just pairs really nicely with the TCG community, which tend to be more collectors 
than flippers just looking to maximize every, you know, potential profit there is on a certain grade or transaction. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, that actually, that, that does provide more detail on that side of things. But uh, Pete, thank you so much, man, for coming on the show. Thank you for giving like the audience just a little bit better idea of what SGC has to offer, some of the, the pros, what you guys are working on, things like that. So uh, as Mike said, we're very proud to be uh, sponsors uh, with you. And at, at this point going forward, please, if there's any big announcements, let us know. We'd love to let the audience uh, be the first ones to hear about them. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. It was, it was a lot of fun, and I appreciate the opportunity to just kind of, you know, get get the word out about SGC. And I'm I'm definitely looking forward, as I said, uh, to offering more. Awesome, thanks, Peter. Thanks, Pete. All right, that was Peter from SGC. Honestly, I I got to say one of the most amazing things about that interview was Mike uh, playing with his hair during it. I needed you to not, I need you to undo what you just did. I got to take a picture and let everyone see what's going on over there. Mike's hair. uh, No, Peter did great. uh, Good explanation of everything uh, with the service. At this point, we're running a little low on time. So we're going to skip a couple things. We do, uh, we do have a little bit of mailbag. I did have to give a couple thank yous. First one, David Pollock. He is a PGA Class A golf professional, and he's a golf instructor, I guess. I don't know, actually know where he's out of, but he sent us a bunch of like stuff for Mike and Theo and then just some Marvel cards for me. I just wanted to say thank you, man. That was very, very cool. A ton of Marvel X-Men stuff from like the 90s. And then what did he send you? I got like 20, 25 Griffey cards, all from like the early 90s. Yeah, those and an autographed Griffey baseball, which is pretty cool. So yeah, very right cool. Right in the CO chest. Yeah, just I, pleasure I, chest. I had to say thank you on the pod. That was just very, very nice. Uh, and if you're looking for golf service, I guess yeah, hit up David Pollock. Um, there was a, another thing that I really wanted to talk about. Your hair, dude, stop it! Like Mike's hair, the poof. What happens to the poof when it's not being poofed is kind of amazing and. You know this is all on video, though, right? Like, I can use this. <laughs> God. I'm a Viking. Look at me go. <laughs> oh, God. Um, the conspiracy theory about the NFL plant. I don't know if uh, many of you heard about this. Carlos, did the you? Chargers fan? The girl? Oh, so you didn't hear oh, something I, about I, this. Now that you're okay. saying it, I didn't know it was a fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, Bleacher, or I'm sorry, not Bleacher, Barstool Sports put out, like, this little video of her, like, all the different times they cut away to her doing her thing. And it just seemed very fake. Uh, there was a additional video that someone put together. If you'll notice, she goes from a chargers fan to a Vikings fan at some previous date. Apparently she was on, Oh, I think the McAfee show or I can't remember exactly who show. Yeah. Pat McAfee show. And there was an explanation, like she moves cities or something like that. And that's why she was a fan on the for the Chargers and such a huge fan, and then also a huge fan for the Vikings at the same time. I don't know. It just seems so funny to me. Like the whole idea of a plant also does seem very conspiracy theorist. For what purpose? So I I mean, the Chargers have one of the worst fan bases in all of NFL. But people are going to see this lady yelling, and they're going to go cheer for a team now. That's what I mean. The idea behind these- it would it would at least solidify, like, hey. There are people who really care about this sport. 
I'm just saying like this. Is the NFL still trying to show that? Of course. It's, it's the biggest brand in America. I don't know. I think you just pulled that number. The out NFL? Of stat. That's the, you don't know. You're just guessing. What, what is, is huge. Like a I'm not saying it, I'm not brand. saying it's not good. What gets more views per week? Oh, view. I don't. I, Nothing. Like I guarantee. That's what I mean. Like you could argue it's probably the biggest and most recognizable brand in America. The Super Bowl is the single biggest media event of the year every year. I mean, that could be true. All right. Like, I'll like give you that. Uh, that's what I mean. Like it's ridiculous. So, but so they're, they're, they're plant like what? You so you think there's no truth behind any of it? You don't think that's that could be a thing that they would that they no. a team would put somebody out there or the NFL would put somebody out there to promote uh, anything falsely? I don't. What is it promoting? Fandom for a team? She's yelling like a psychopath at a game. Fantastic, great, good for her. But like, who sees that? Is like, you know what? I should be watching football. I don't if know. If you're not watching football by now, you're not going to watch football. <laughs> like, this lady is not going to help change that. I disagree with that completely. That means, like, wide market to anybody. You just give up because if you're not already watching, you're not going to. Well, I mean, if you market to, like, mainstream, I just mean, like, who's watching? Like, if you're, okay, because she's been on Pat McAfee and she's been on Barstool. You think anybody there saw her and started watching football? In those, I, of those two, those two places. I think that after this, she was all over Twitter everywhere. Like, her picture, her the craziness that she got uh, uh, put on TV for was depicted in memes all over the internet. I think because of that, it gave more credence to, Hey, this person loves the chargers. Maybe I'll check out the next game. If this woman, not uh, a guy watching the sport, which obviously it would be more dominant male audience than female, then maybe other ladies out there see it. And they're like, Oh yeah, I'd go check it out. I'm just saying it just, does seem, I, it just seems very odd. It just seems very odd. And other people took notice. And that's why this is, a, I this is see, in my I, theory. I, I could see like her doing it, like to promote her own brand down the road or something. Like get all these eyes on you, act like a crazy person at a game, go nuts. Yeah. That makes sense. But for the NFL, like, what's the game? I just okay. don't, yeah, I don't get, I don't buy it. I mean, listen, Herbert, obviously he, his cards sell okay, but it doesn't make any sense already. Like the fact that his card prices are so high, that's already a conspiracy theory alone, but. Anyway, all right. That, I thought it would be more fun to, to check yeah, that out. I don't get it. I really just, I don't understand it. Well, Barstool and apparently other people on the internet seem to think that it's a possibility. I'm not saying it is. It's just interesting to see. Um, before we do the PWCC uh, weekly giveaway or the weekly auction, I did want to mention tomorrow. So Friday the 20th at noon central time. I'm going to go on YouTube live NFT giveaway for the sold out best of NBA inserts. Um, I, I think I've got like at least 10 packs. I'm going to see if I can get a few more. I'm just going to give those to anybody who wants to join the live. Um, and yeah, you don't have to do anything besides have your Panini blockchain ID. So jump in there. I'll post it up on social, but yeah, YouTube tomorrow, Friday, the 20th at noon central time. Um, all right. So we do have a weekly giveaway. Basically this week we did uh, not weekly giveaway. I keep saying that maybe we should give away something since I've said it so many times. Um, I'll tell you what, if I actually win one of the cards I'm bidding on, I'll give it away. But, uh, historically people keep outbidding me purposely to mess with my head. So we'll see. Uh, this is the PWCBC weekly auction, and we've got a few cards that we've already pulled. The uh, the first card from Mike, I think we got to start with. Uh, you've you've made this seem like it's a very cool big deal. It's this 2000 Leaf certified mirror red Tom Brady rookie. 
you are bid, you are the high bidder on that card right now, right? Right now, yeah. It's Three thousand dollars. It's a big card. Um, it's not one you see often. There's not a ton of sales of that card in a gem mint. By the way, I would put this in the stack of Tom Brady rookies that I will send to SGC to try to have it cracked over and, and send as an SGC ten. There's your plug. Um, the Brady market is so far down right now. This card used to be six to seven thousand bucks. I'm I'm just curious if it, if it is way below that, I'm a buyer on it. Well, that's the thing. Like we pulled up the card ladder stats, right? And it said in July 27th that card sold. Same BGS 95 sold for seventy two hundred dollars. Give me a close up. I want to see the subgrades actually, because that makes a big difference. So you got two nine fives, a ten, and a nine. Now show me the one that's at auction. One at auction. By the way, this is the same exact card, same serial number. Oh, is it? Yeah, exact same card. Oh, I'm it guessing sold for seventy two. I'm, I'm guessing this guessing guy literally bought the card, kept it in his PWCC vault, and relisted it. Oh, uh, that would make a lot of sense. So, I'm just curious if you you probably would get this less than 7,200. The market's come down that's a little bit since then. That's what I mean. Is this card 30% less than it used to be? Oh, I think you I would set a higher max bid if you really want this card. But I don't think it's going to go all the way up to 7,000. That that might be a nice little deal for you, bro. That's what I'm uh, that's why I'm in in general this is not a huge I don't love this card. I don't love Leaf. I don't love the look of the card. Just not for a PC card for me I didn't like, but I saw it and I was like, "You know what?" as rare as it is, uh, and the fact that it's just the market is so far down right now, I can pick it up now, I'd be happy to. Okay. My um, number is quite a bit lower than seven, so I don't know that I'm winning this one. There's a, a there's another NFL card that I know you're not bidding on, but I am going to be bidding on. It's the uh, Joe Burrow Silver Prism. I did look into this. It I think the last one sold for, I want to say $300. This is the PSA 9. Of this card, I think it was like in the three hundreds. I am trying to, or I'm sorry, no, it's as low as two sixty five. It's going for seventy two dollars right now. I'm going to throw on like a max bid of, I think two hundred bucks, and I'm just going to see if I could get something real cheap on it. But um, the reason why I'm looking at this one, I guess PWCC just started getting into more of the marketing side of things. They've got like this whole article section going deep, the numbers behind QB football card dominance. And so they've got a, a like a three minute YouTube video, but then they have this article you can just comb through. It says Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, and Allen, they are the most impactful as far as like volume, sales volume since 2021. And it goes over just the total pricing of these guys. It's absolutely insane. So it does make me think there are th- those four players, myself, I wanted a Burrow, but those four players, if you invested in one of them, there's probably enough fandom or less enough people out there holding the bag that there's going to be others looking to purchase these cards. So that makes me confident that this card will at some point, so long as bro doesn't just completely crap the bed, he's going to go back up in value over time. And that card will be a decent buy, especially at 265 bucks. So I will say this is also the sweet spot since I've started paying attention since the sponsorship took off. Like the vaults, like the grail stuff, like I'm talking, like the the bird magic Irving triple auto last week, mm-hmm. uh, that Brady card even. Like those are not the type of cards that are going to sell for 40% below the active market. Like they're just not. There's enough guys looking for grail stuff like that. Even some of the Griffies I've bid on, uh, that is not the type of stuff that is just going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. But I will say uh, the PWCC weekly stuff, if you can find the stuff in the 50 to $400 region, like in that price range, yeah. you can actually get some pretty good deals. Because first of all, there is so much of it. 
Second of all, a lot of guys just don't look and pay attention. That's a thing. That's my, that's like, been my I, problem this whole time. I keep like bidding and then missing out by a dollar and it actually undersold by like 20% or something. I could have made money on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, I do think there's a sweet spot here, especially because, and again, it doesn't have as, it's not a knock on PWCC, but more people look at eBay than PWCC. Like it's just a fact. Like it's the busiest place in the world, which is great in a lot of respects, but it also means everybody sees everything that's happening there. So that's, I do, I think, I don't love, I don't love Prism stuff anymore in general. So I don't love this card, but the rationale behind it for you, I can actually get behind. Burrow's low right now because he had a rough start to the season. And this is the type of card that should sell for 260. But is there a piece of my brain that says, yeah, Jesse might win this at 205? Yeah, I could see that. That's that's why I'm going to try and keep an eye on this one. If you win it at 205, curious. he'll probably lose both of his legs in an accident. Absolutely. You will he's, find a way to lose money. He's absolutely going to fail. So uh, you guys should all hope I don't win. Um, I'm more curious with your statement of you're not into Prism anymore. What do you mean? I never have. I'm not a big fan of it. I just think there's too much of it. It's, 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 uh, I've thought this for a long time. Well, I mean, I like Prism with. Base, I get that. But like a Prism Silver or something? Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. There's only like 737 of this card. I'm just kind of surprised. 730 cards I do not care about. Yeah, but you would care about like a Topps Chrome or something, right? Like a, a Bowman Chrome. Uh, if it said first or something. This has the RC. So it's their, you know. Yeah, Prism in the last couple of years just to me is has become less desirable because it's just so overproduced and everybody has it. And I, yeah, and that has also taken it on the chin more than any other brand. I just wonder if it's has, Prism has become the face of base cards being overpopulated. Yeah, hundred percent. It's not even a question. Yeah, but it, it's not like the. I, I think my theory is that may be in fact part of the reason. But I think you've also been so heavily into baseball that you don't look at these products as much. So I look at these as much. P, my PC is more football and basketball than baseball. Yeah, but I know, but you still, like, on a daily basis, you're breaking ba- baseball, baseball way more. Sure. I'm just, yeah, I, I, I am curious uh, about that, but we'll go on from there. This is the other card you had, right? Oh, now this one, I'm conflicted on this card. So I lost out on the bid last week. This is the 1980 Tops, the Bird Magic Dr. J triple rookie. It's a triple auto. The one last week was a PSA 4 10 auto. And oh. it sold for like, oh, twenty seven hundred. Yeah, twenty seven hundred. Okay, I, I high bid twenty five hundred because I have a five ten. But I was like, if I can upgrade, and I like the marker again, something just as simple as the actual autographs. Yeah, this one's sh- same thing, signed with a blue sharpie. The only difference is this is a PSA six on the card, which is a good grade. The auto is a nine, and I don't know why. Um, there's images here. Yeah, I was trying to figure out that. It, I too. don't think it goes off card because they're all in the middle of the card. I was wondering if magic is maybe a little bit spotty, the auto. But from what I can see from the high res picks, it looks good. This is one of the few times I would actually downgrade and go from a 10 auto to a nine. But it's also tougher to price. It's a higher card grade. It's a lower auto grade. Okay. I would upgrade my copy for this. I think this might be an up. Well, I don't even know if it's a if it's a monetary upgrade. I like to look at this better because I just like how they signed it. Yeah, I was gonna say the autographs all look clear and the nothing with the Magic Johnson card. Yeah, I don't see anything weird about that auto. So I'm curious. I'll be honest, if the autos look that good, I would just set it back in a PSA. That's what I mean. Yeah. Resub um, get a six ten, call it a day. So there are a few other cards that I was looking at. Just I am current high bidder. I almost hate to say anything about them because I know you guys are gonna freaking trend. Troll me out of these uh, 1977 Tops Chewy card. Um, it is a PSA 9. It's going for like, I'm high bid at $13. I have set Chewbacca. a max bid. I'm not going to say what my max bid is because you just go and purposely outbid it by a dollar. 
Um, there is an also uh, 1977 Star Wars Han Solo sticker. This one's also going to my dad. I've decided not only am I going to gift uh, some of these to family, but I'm also just going to do it in like a lot. So it is more than just one card. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, so he's got Beatles now and hopefully this Han Solo I am high bidder on. And then this other Blastoise, uh, it's an, it's a 1999 Pokemon. It's an SGC 8.5. I'm current high bidder on this thing. There is a large dispar- uh, disparity with value, uh, as we talked about with Pete recently. I think I can get this for a really great deal. Again, so long as no one swoops in here at the last minute. But uh, those are the ones that I am looking at. And uh, we'll find out early next week how taken advantage of I was by trusting the audience with that knowledge. So um, any, anything else, anything else you care about before we go over to mailbag? You, you got I don't a look believe on your face. so. I was going to say, I just found a, the last comp on this exact same card on which one September 3rd on the bird, September 3rd. So just over a month ago, same grade BSA six DNA auto grade nine. So interesting. What I will be, mean? changing my i'm gonna bid a little more then oh honey take it easy okay honey oh god do i just want to help bid you please have fun <laughs> trying to do that sweetheart <laughs> on your salary just <laughs> doesn't make a salary it's a joke it's everybody a joke. relax everybody just take it easy um all right well there you go check it out uh pwcc auction ends this sunday uh this it ends every sunday and then I, I think we got a little clarification on how the extended bidding High works. bidder. If you are a, if you bid, you have on to have it, already bid, then you're you included. Get, yeah, you get the You next. cannot wait till extended bidding to make your first bid. You have to make a first bid. Exactly. Early. So, what I tell people, somebody mentioned this, one of our, I actually forget who said this. Oh, uh, Ty, uh, Tyler Tarver. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, dude, just bid a buck or something when you see stuff that first goes in, because then you're at least entered into the extending bidding. It's actually Ooh, a really good idea. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I don't, I have no interest in doing this whole bidding war three days before it ends. Like, I, I want to put my bid in. And then give me the last 30 minutes. I'll make my real bid. I don't know if PWCC is cool with the promotion of us, like teaching how to game the system, but um, game in the system. They want more people involved in the, in the extended yeah. bidding. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Let's go over to mailbag mailbag. There are, I'll never not say that Cole Benz wants to know when buying a player that's been traded like Matt Olson, is it better to buy his rookie or Bowman first when they are in the original uniform or something when they are in their new uniform. So one of two things, if you're going to buy his original uniform stuff, I would buy his first or his rookie card. Okay. I don't want like a fourth year of him and his old Oakland athletics uniform it does nothing for me. If I'm going to buy the new uniform, I want him the first year of the new uniform. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Damien Graybell thoughts on the new leaf shock drop release. Every card is a one of one limited to 55 cases or 550 total cards. Checklist looks interesting. I pulled the trigger and I'm wondering what you both think about it. So I did pull this up. We were going to talk about it, but we kind of ran out of time. This is the checklist. If we want to look over it just real briefly, it's actually, I'm wondering if leaf is kind of like getting their game together here, especially like under new management. And I say that too, because I saw a tweet from them just specifically calling out like, hey, new management is on fire. Uh, what is it? It says, under its new leadership regime, Leaf is poised for great things. Ain't no stopping us now. So it's like they're really highlighting the fact like, you know, they're no longer under Brian Gray. This is a whole new class. And they're kind of changing things up 
in a way I, I'm kind of digging. Um, but the fact that they're doing all these one of ones is pretty cool. And the names in here are not bad either. You got Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, Terry Bradshaw. Uh, let's see. Towards the bottom, too, there's like these dual autos, which are kind of cool. Flair and Hogan. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You got that. You got a um, O'Neal Cruz, George Pickens. Interesting matchup. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. That's kind of cool. Um, you got a Steph Curry and Durant, and then a Steph Curry and Joker card, too. Sean White, Tony Hawk. Ooh. See, here's the thing, though. I don't think you know what you're going to get, though. Right now, you can just go out and buy a card, and then you get... It's going to be a one-of-one. You'll know that, but you just don't know who it's going to be. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I was curious what you thought about it. I I think it's kind of cool. So, the on, the most recent Leaf thing I messed with was that Leaf Vivid Football. Oh, yeah. I was actually pretty pleased with it. I mean, we pulled a bunch of nice vet autos. It's cheap. Like, Leaf, that, that's still Leaf's big, like, big claim to fame is good names for a relatively cheap price which is important. So um, I like it. I I think some of their brands are, are still watered down garbage. Like there's just yeah. some that I'm like, you got to revamp, but maybe that's what we're going to start seeing them well, revamp stuff. So cool. The, the $1,500 for the Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift card, even though like, I do think they'll probably resell for okay money. Cause there's only 11 of them, 11 of them made. It does. It did seem so stupid. Like the fact that those are cut autos from other products yeah, I don't know. I, I more power to them. I hope that they keep coming up with new ideas and brand uh, branding. But yeah, there's some things that are definitely more popular than others. I like this shock drop release. I think that is cool. I haven't seen the cards either. That's the other thing. Oh, there I've got a, a picture. Do you have of any them. images like they yeah, look good? They're okay. They they are at least the ones I've seen. I want to see the dual ones. The ones that I've seen look like this. If I can drag this over. So yeah, I yeah, mean, see, that's a that's a go scroll down. There's one duel right there on the bottom. It's Rafael Nadal. Click on the picture. Let me open see it. if it'll pull up. Yeah, there you go. Nadal and Alcaraz. You want to be honest? That's an ugly card to me. I I will say, like now that you see that, do you like look at the day? See, I saw this one right here, this white one, and I kind of liked it. But yeah, these ones with the, the whiteboard is okay. Here's the other thing too. Like that's a rate. I'm assuming that's an F1 driver. The guy on the top right. Uh huh. So there's not much to Photoshop out of, like the the airbrush out because yeah. the logo. Look at the Dame Lillard next to it, though. That that looks stupid. I hate if you're going to do airbrush jerseys, which you have to, right? Sure. Even like Panini, when they do flawless, they do a good job in flawless where I'm like, oh, I can't tell that something was taken off because it's like the angle of the picture. It's like the guy in his backswing, and you can see his number, not his jersey, so it doesn't matter. That's literally just a full-on front shot of Dame Lillard with an all-black jersey. <laughs> an all-black <laughs> like, jersey. Dumb. Yeah. Steve Young, the same thing. Like the Niners jersey. I'm I guess like, you oh. could have hidden that. Yeah, That's what I mean. So some of that, to me, and that's just stylistic to me. I just don't like it. Other people may look at them and be like, oh, I think it's great. Fantastic. To me, that is still the issue. You know what I'm also seeing on this checklist? At the very top, they have a note. It says, border parallel colors include white, number to one, and red, number to one. So really, you're getting... A red one okay of one and a white one, one of one. That's yeah, fine. As long as not nine of them, that's okay. Yeah. Two okay. is fine. There's, okay. there's multiple one of ones in every product now. Two is not an egregious number, but the look of that. Yeah, not I my see that. Look. I'm just like, oh. I guess it. Did, I guess. Yeah, that's the problem too. Is like you're not going to know until you get it either. So. so I'd be curious what the resale value is on them. That yeah. also makes a big difference. Um. All right. Let's hit a. I'm couple hungry. More. I, I have not had a bite of food yet today, <sighs> and my prot shake. I had a supplement. Today is day one of Mike getting back in shape so I can live to see my child live. 209.2 pounds today. 
209.2. I wish yep. you would have told me before I would have done a weigh and we'll, I w- I'd love to do it together. Cause like, I haven't been focused on weight loss, just more of like exercise, even though I do need to do that. Uh, Johnny F who is Mike's donkey of the week? Do I have one? Who have I complained about it to you? Oh, I can't think. The, donkey the, of the list of, I feel like it would have been a Monday episode today. There has not been a lot of, you've been very relaxed today. I'm trying to think. Is this the first no donkey of the week? No, sometimes I just don't always think of it. If I'm prepped ahead of time, I would have one. Okay. Well, I don't have one. All right. We'll, tr- we'll try and work it out maybe before we end this. I the NFL plant. Of- her. She's donkey of the week. <laughs> I don't like her. So you admit she's a plant. She planted herself there to get recognition. Bradley Aaron Muse. He says, Gio, Gio, can you tell us your birth date, anniversary date, and favorite six digits? Okay. <laughs> Bradley? One, He's two, three, trying- four, five, six. He's trying to get your password. Uh, Dane Inouye. My password is just password. Why does he need the other information? Mr. Inouye is back. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, Jesse, my brother, current Inouye, was wondering who you would rather be stuck in a mini car with on a 36-hour road trip, Jordan Alvarez or David Ortiz? Do you have a? Did you have a good answer to this? I figured it's being the question. baseball I mean, who do you want to be on a road trip with? I guess Ortiz. I don't know. That's I, I was neither one. Of them. I don't want to be in the <laughs> dumb athlete with me. Um, yeah, that's that is a nonsense question. We really appreciate that, Dane. Thank I'll go you with for Ortiz. That. He could listen to me, like tell how great it was. You know, twenty man, two thousand four was so. And he's looking at me like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> That'd be fun. Did you see also the two thousand four Red Sox cards that he gave you too? Like, oh, or, that was my stuff. I did not see that. Yeah, that was all oh, yours okay. as well. Um. All right, let's just cut, do a couple more. I'm sorry, guys, if we missed some of yours. Uh, this card has been in here a few times. I, I apologize if it's not a mass audience appeal question, but Chris August says, what are your thoughts on One Piece TCG? One Piece is like the longest-running manga TV show with 1,100 episodes. I'm going to tell you, I just don't know about the resale. I don't think the Netflix series has done all that great. Um, I just don't know if that's going to do anything spectacular. I could be wrong, but, and it's not as much in my world as some other uh, TCG is, but yeah, I just don't think so. Uh, as far as a sports question though, Don Getter says, does a baseball player's first Bowman card yeah. being in Bowman draft instead of regular Bowman or Bowman Chrome, make it any more valuable? No. Okay. It's just the first, it's just a designation of first. Okay. Yep. In draft, you're going to get the first after their draft, but some guys will hold over to Bowman, Bowman Chrome. Bowman Chrome is usually international, but as long as there's the designation of first on it, like the best guy in Bowman Chrome, his first, it doesn't sell for more than the best guy in Bowman draft simply because it's Bowman Chrome. As long as you're comparing a Chrome card to a Chrome card, paper to paper, and they both have first, apples to apples. Okay, very cool. Um, and someone who asked about Bedard, uh, we're like we said, we're going to have NHL. Uh, Connor Jeremy Bedard. Lee is going to be joining us on Monday to talk NHL. Um, yeah, that that's it. I apologize we didn't get to everybody's questions. We'll try to get to them Monday if you throw them in there. But uh, thank you for for being here this week, Mike. Anything else? I'm excited about the. I, I'm looking at more back of this social post about the the Duncan stuff. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm overly excited. This one guy, Jeremiah, is arguing with me about this, that there's not demand for Duncan. He's my donkey of the week. That's he literally, his comparison of like how there's no demand, he showed a 1997 scoreboard Tim Duncan card. Just a stupid <laughs> comparison. 
Jeremiah, you are the donkey of the week. Did you see that Blaze guy just won that pot limit Omaha championship? Yeah, for like, like 1.3 million. And he, there's another post he did. He was going to give away like 10% of it to like. He was also cracking. Apparently, you get like timeouts during poker. I didn't know this. Like, you get like extended times or whatever. Oh. He took one of his timeouts or whatever they're called and was literally sitting there ripping Penny one boxes at the table. It's actually pretty cool. I do I. Do I kind of like him? I don't know. I kind of like that move. Uh, that's cool. He's done that in the past too, like promoted cards and stuff when he's there. Is he just like a, is this just a one t- time thing or is he like a no, big no, no. He's poker a, player? I think that's his profession. His name is backer because he's like backing yes. him financially, but he, like, I think he's like pretty established in the poker world. Yeah. I very not paid enough attention to this Blaze. I know the other Blaze is like often showing like videos of him gambling on something, but I didn't know he was like a big poker player. That's kind of cool. Um, all right, there you go. That's the show. Uh, we will be back on Monday with another guest. Uh, this has been sports cards. Nonsense on the ringer podcast network <laughs> powered by Spotify. That's it. Goodbye. Nailed it. <laughs> I See you later. It. All right. Goodbye.